0: Let's dance, let's party, let's boogie
1: Big thanks to all of our guests today Phil Rogers and the Phil Rogers segment was really excellent So if you get a chance, you should go on the Odyssey app and check it out Ray, you should make it its own thing Make make the Phil Rogers segment like its own thing for people. that just listen to that version. He was of it. so
2: happy he got the Oklahoma State fight song. Yeah, and we did the wave, the thing they do during the
1: fight. Mike, fight. you have no idea. Like he was the, it, it's commonplace for us because we're around you guys and we know that you do great production pieces. But people who come from outside of the house, if they get a production piece done, they're like, "Man, I made it." So, Phil Rogers, after, you know, 35 years or whatever of being one of the, the best reporters in town, was genuinely happy that you put together something for him. Makes the job worthwhile. Right? It's a really, really good thing. Because so,
2: it's not us being dorks.
1: No, it's not us. Thanks to Caitlin Sharkey for drop, dropping by the show. Matt Fortuno was really good talking about this Kevin Warren situation. Kevin Fishbane was on the show as well. The afternoon show, Parkinsons and Spiegel, is going to be held down by Zach Zabeman and Big Ant Heron.
2: What should we call it?
1: Well, Zach Attack for the first hour is what you should call it.
2: Quadzilla, Zach?
1: And then Quadzilla Returns or something like that?
2: Quadzilla Returns is good. I
1: mean, we could just ask him. Hey, Zach. What's up, guys? We're I, just
2: going to keep talking about you like you're not here. I, I just
3: hope it's a good show. Let's start with that. Actually, it's going to be a really good show because that's what we do here at The Score. And it was interesting hearing you guys talk about Walter Payton and me originally being from New York. Do you know that Walter Payton was a huge New York Mets fan? And I did not know that. No,
2: I did not know yeah, this. Yeah, you can get
3: JP on the phone and, and he'll verify this. But the That's interesting. The Mets AA affiliate back in the day was located Near. in Jackson, Mississippi. And all the the great players that would eventually filter through that system that would become household
1: names the Doc Goodens, the, the Daryl yeah, Strawberries. That was,
3: that was way before uh, that, that was way before um you know when Walter Payton was in Jackson, those guys Oh that's right. Yeah, they, they they were just starting their baseball careers. Yeah, uh, correct. As as little toddlers. Yeah. Yeah. So but he was a, a big a big, big Mets fan. So that's the way to bring it together. And I got a text from, uh, our boss, Mitch Rosen, you know, the man who's made the score the number one sports radio station in Chicago. And this came probably about 10 minutes ago. And I didn't know what you guys were talking about. I, I wasn't listening. I was, I was preparing for this extravaganza that we have this afternoon. And the, the text message said, and this is crazy here. I, I still don't understand it. Uh, <laughs> Were you really in Coming to America? I didn't know that. What is he
1: talking about? (laughs) So
2: I don't know if Mitch is joking or no. He's he's... dead
1: serious. (laughs) I occasionally tell people that you were in Coming to America because I know how close. Because Jamaica Estates is actually where you grew up, right? Correct, and that is where the McDowells lived. You know, if you if you own a big business, that's that's generally. It's near Saint John's University. So, so I like to tell people that you're in the back of the McDowell's in the McDowell's scene with Samuel L. Jackson. That's where he heard.
3: Yeah, the McDowell's is not actually located in Jamaica Estates. So, but it, it is right off of Queens Boulevard. So, yes, you would have. <laughs> I would not have been there, but, uh, and I, I was not part of the, not in the movie. It is, in my opinion, the funniest movie of all time. It, it's it's my favorite comedy ever.
2: I don't oh man.
3: Think about it. I mean, you have Eddie Murphy at the height of his powers. The height of his powers, playing a variety of different characters, all of them funny. Same thing with Arsenio Hall, really at the height of his powers. And then you have a, a cameo featuring
1: Randolph and Mortimer Duke. That was that I mean, I remember that was such a, like, as a, I think I was 13, 12 or 13 when that movie came out. And having watched Trading Places, which is one of my favorites. Awesome. Merry New Year! Yeah. Um, and seeing that callback, I was sitting in the theater like, oh, oh, I know who that is! Before stuff like that was, you know, there wasn't an internet or anything like that. Right. No one knew that that was going to be a part of the movie. And you sit there like... Holy crap balls, that's a callback right, right there. And, and they and they look at
3: each other. We're back. Right? I mean, how funny was that? Or James Earl Jones when he goes, My son works. <laughs> I mean, how awesome was that? Or that's
1: beautiful. What is that? Velvet? What is it? What velvet? Is that velvet is a good one. <laughs> I was always um I mean, maybe this says something about me. I was I was always into the younger sister. More than Lisa. I don't know what that says about me. And I mean, don't get me wrong. Lisa is the truth, but something about the younger sister, I was like, uh huh. That's where it's at right there. That's what Prince Akeem should be looking at. That lady's crazy. I was too young to have those feelings. Whatever at, at the
3: time, so I'll I'll just take your You're word the for same it. Same age, jerk.
2: <laughs> I think for me, the, like Dumb and Dumber is probably that movie, like because it came out around the same. Well, I was no, I was younger than that when that movie came out. But I just remember going and my brother and I walking out of the theater and being like, "That's the greatest movie we've ever seen," and then my dad was like, "That wasn't even worth the dollar."
1: Is it, it so good that you will watch it when it's on, like, TBS or TNT?
2: 100%. Because that's, that's gotta... the sign
1: of a great movie. If you're willing to put up with the edits that happen because the movie's so good, that means you're truly involved in it.
2: But I also think Coming to America is like that. Like, do you ever turn that movie off? No.
1: no. Every character in Coming to
3: America all the different characters that that Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall played, or all the other actors and actresses that were were part of it, they're all funny. And many of them went on to huge things afterwards. Yes. It's just just
2: a great, great movie.
1: Brandy Watson.
2: Uh-huh. <laughs> Northwestern Basketball once sent their schedule out, or maybe it was football, I think it was football, sent their schedule out on the back of a chocolate bar, mm-hmm. and I posted the picture on Twitter and go, scheduled chocolate! And See? nobody got it except for Ryan Baker. Thank you, Ryan Baker. Hard
1: bake. He absolutely get it. He's a good man.
2: But I was like, how did people not get that?
1: So do, if you have all right, so you gave us coming to America. What else is on the list for you, Zach? As far as the funniest, there isn't a close second. Okay. I mean,
3: coming to America is that good? But I did. Can I pivot real quick? Because sure. I heard you talking about the Bears, and uh,
2: you know, uh, and,
3: and I thought it was great. Like the the interview with Fortuna was great, 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 great. Because to me, I started thinking, you know, if you go and you look at this is the twelfth year now with George McCaskey as the Bears chairman, right? As as the big boss. The Bears are 82 and 118, including this season, in the 12 years that George McCaskey has been the chairman. The Bears have two winning seasons during that time. Zero playoff wins. And there have been a lot of head-scratching hires. Phil Emery replacing... Jerry Angelo, Mark Tressman replacing Lovey Smith, Ryan Pace replacing Phil Emery, John Fox replacing Tressman, Matt Nagy coming in to replace Fox, and it's too early to tell about about the guys that they have in charge right now. But if this story is true, and there's no reason to believe it isn't, if Kevin Warren is named the Bears' new president to replace the retiring Ted Phillips. I don't think we're exaggerating here in calling it the most significant and best hire that the Bears have made this millennium, probably years before that too. But that marks a major sea change in how the Bears go about business. This isn't an experiment where you're picking someone and hoping that this person understands the inner workings of the NFL. Check. Warren understands. You're not hiring someone and hoping they understand how to get this stadium project off the ground. This guy was responsible, played a huge role in building one of the crown jewels of the National Football League in U.S. Bank Stadium. If you need a guy, who can handle pressure? I mean, I'm talking about the scrutiny because you learn a lot about people during the bad times when the spotlight is on you, when the microphone and when the microphones are hot and, and the lights are bright. Well, you can't get any brighter than what he dealt with as Big Ten commissioner. Has he had to negotiate tough deals? He turned the Big Ten into a coast-to-coast league Thank with you. the additions of USC and UCLA. Thank you. He negotiated The new television deal, which will be very lucrative.
2: It's a record deal. For
3: the Big Ten. It's a
2: record-setting deal.
3: So to me, this would be one of the first times that the Bears bring someone in into an important football capacity. And beyond that, because there's the business side of it too. Dealing with politicians, handling tough questions, dealing with the rest of the league. I mean, you can make a case that Kevin Warren has NFL commissioner-like traits on his resume. And if you're able to flip around the Bears, literally off the field as well as on the field, this is some kind of hire if the Bears can get this done. And it's what this organization needs in large part. You want to know why? Because the Bears are going to be facing a really important decision at the end of this year. It is just assumed, you guys are part of the mix too, it's just assumed that Justin Fields is the answer at quarterback. You have no idea if the general manager currently in charge at Hallis Hall is a fan of his quarterback. Because we know for certain when he took over, he wasn't. Because if he
1: knew that Justin Fields could do some of the things that we've seen this year he would have done a better job of putting together a roster to surround him and start the clock on moving towards a championship with Justin Fields as the guy. Correct. Bingo. You're, not, you're not completely tearing it down.
3: You're kind of trying to add cap space, add picks, but give this guy a chance, especially this year in the NFC where it appears to be wide open. The Packers are still alive for Pete's sake. The
1: Lions are still alive.
2: Guys, it's... The, it's- it's got to be, like, the Eagles and the Niners. I'm not even putting the Cowboys in that,
3: there. You and your football talk. That's fine. And, and, and no one disagrees with you. those They've clearly been, you know, and and there's Minnesota kind of hanging yeah, around. Yeah, you, right.
2: you can walk backwards into the playoffs this year. There's no doubt about that. In but the, let's, let's. In the
3: NFC in particular. But, let's
2: not act like they're going to a Super Bowl.
3: But the, the point I'm trying to make is what happens if the general manager decides, you know what, Bears might have the first overall pick might have the second overall pick. That's very realistic the way things are playing out right now. This is probably going to be the best chance that Ryan Poles as a general manager has an opportunity to pick a quarterback. We don't know what he thinks of Justin Fields because you really haven't heard him. And you shouldn't hear him, right? Because you should operate under a, a code of secrecy if you're a GM. But what if he likes one of the quarterbacks that... Could go in the top five. I would question his scouting eye. I know you would. But what I'm saying is, what if a guy who was around Patrick Mahomes and understands the value, and to me... You see a Patrick Mahomes in this draft. I'm just... Half the
2: league didn't see a Patrick Mahomes in the last one.
3: Did you see Patrick Mahomes? Because the general manager here didn't. Frank- At the time, and the general manager here didn't see what Deshaun Watson could do, and this is prior to all the stuff that happened Him off being the, field, the nasty man. Because you could not have a better college resume to be taken as the, the top quarterback in a draft than Deshaun Watson had, and on the field, again, prior to all the, the craziness. Him no, being you're a nasty right. man. You're right. Right? So what happens if the GM wants to take a quarterback? Now we know the owner has publicly said he's just a fan. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna guess he's gonna have some opinions when that knock on the door comes from his general manager. Hey, I, you know, I really like this guy.
2: Say so you're right. People are gonna riot, and it's not just me or perhaps anybody else in this radio station. People are like the court of public opinion will not be good. That's a, that's a huge. Huge mountain to climb, especially when the clock is ticking on the general manager as well. That's like, like let me, let me talk about your draft and your free agent decisions to support your quarterback, because that's what you should do as the leader of a team sport. Let's start that conversation if that's the case, because you're you're putting a lot of risk out there if that's what you want to do in the name of your regime, which hasn't been proven at any other level yet in this league.
1: I would also argue that if that's what we're doing. if, If if we grant him that there's a quarterback in this draft that he likes better than the one that he has, outside of questioning his scouting eye, I would also question how he values team building and the pick that will be in his hand. I know that there are only a few teams that have multiple first-round picks in this up this upcoming draft. But if you don't see that as an opportunity to flip that, as much as I like Carter and Will Anderson as defensive players— If you're sitting there with one, two, or three as the general manager of the Bears, looking at everything the Bears need, they need almost an entirely new offensive line. They need almost an entirely new defensive line. They need almost an entirely new linebacking core. They need almost entirely a receiving core.
2: Yeah, yeah, receiver, thank you.
1: If you get to the draft and you prioritize a quarterback, in this year's draft, knowing the draft capital that you sit with, I would question his sanity. See how riled up both of you guys are getting?
3: That's where it would help if you had a president with a football background. A president that has been part of a couple of other organizations. Rams. They had, at the time that he was with the Rams, they pivoted to a, a guy that no one had ever heard of as quarterback. They were forced to do it because of injury. But that guy ended up being a Hall of Famer. And in Detroit, what I think is interesting about the Lions situation, he wasn't there for, for this. But the Lions for years had a guy
1: that most teams would build around, right? In Matthew Stafford. Correct borderline Hall of Famer, and I think now that he's won a Super Bowl, he will go to the Hall of Fame. But they never were able, and he had,
3: a, at the beginning of his career, he had arguably the best receiver in the history of the game, right? Megatron. Right? So, just think about that when you say, oh, all they need is is a guy on the outside that that can do special things. takes a little bit more to build a complete team. And I know... I'm not saying that I would do this, but I think there has to be a discussion that takes place in whether or not, when I say this, is this sustainable? And you've heard me talk about this for a while. Yes. Here's what I mean. There was a five-game stretch earlier this season where the Bears were averaging 30 points a game, where Justin Fields was doing things, and I believe he can do this in any game with his legs, where he can tuck and run no matter where he is on the field and score a touchdown. Any moment could be the moment when Justin Fields is on the run. However, eventually, you get hit, and the hits take their toll. And that's what we've seen over the last few games where the Bears aren't averaging anywhere near 30 points a game. And I know what the thinking is. Well, if you surround him with weapons, Lawrence just listed all the different things that the Bears need to add offensively.
2: Just, any any football team would need to add those weapons if they were in the Bears' situation, regardless of quarterback. Correct.
3: And the Bears need to do that on defense, too. How many years is it going to take to fix this? And what's realistic? Because now, again, this is why you want to have a president with some football experience. When you're having this conversation with your general manager at the end of the year, this is really important now. What do you do in terms of Building it
1: quickly. Cause it's not just about building it right. You want to build it right, but you need to build it quickly. Well, that's what I mean about using the top pick to turn into more picks so that you can do it quickly. Well, if you take a quarterback,
3: there's a certain quarterback that this city loves right now that will not be a member of this team.
1: Yeah, going but forward. But to me that's a that's a wasted roster pick. Like 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 if you already if you're going to sit with Justin Fields like in this scenario where you've drafted a quarterback and you also have Justin Fields, that's a wasted opportunity and it's a guy sitting on your roster, it doesn't make sense for either either the new quarterback or the other quarterback. My whole thing with this is there's still time. Let's say in in, in the how long is it going to take and then it has to be done quickly. you still have three years of contract control, of Justin Fields but do you and yes, here's what I mean do. by that you just yes, saw, you do you
3: saw what happened in Arizona quarterback threatened to hold out after year three I I they would paid him
1: I would argue that the quarterback for the Bears is a more mature person than the quarterback in Arizona
2: I don't think a video game clause would be in Justin Fields' contract unless it's just for, like for him to be in one
1: just knowing some people in the Cardinals organization and talking to some people I do not have the same fears that I have about the quarterback in Arizona with Justin Fields. But my point is like, even contractually, you have two more years and then you have the opportunity to pick up that fifth year, which they should do. So you've got th- th- at least three years. Of control to try and build things up and to find an answer. You should
2: have also tried this year with your draft. I mean like that's where I'm at with it. Like you think you got two starters in your secondary. To
3: be fair, Justin Fields didn't do anything last year to make you believe that he could be the quarterback that you saw this year. He wasn't really allowed to. You're acting
2: like he didn't have a college resume that was established. You're treating him like he was Mitch Trubisky in a subpar conference against subpar teams. With a subpar amount of starts to his belt, that college resume means something. Is it, not the same. It. it you it, just explained why the Big Ten is not the same,
3: right? Well, what I'm what I'm saying is, you didn't. A new general manager came in who didn't pick him.
2: I know what right? you're saying.
3: And then at the beginning of this season, with a new coaching staff, new personnel, the Bears were averaging fifteen and a half points per game through that Thursday nighter mm-hmm. against Washington. And give this staff credit, a ton of credit, for saying, you know what? This isn't working. So instead of trying to continue something that isn't working, what does this guy do well? What is he comfortable with right now?
2: You should do that as an NFL coach, period. I don't care if you have Patrick Mahomes or not.
1: But we know that doesn't happen. And we know it didn't happen last year. right? So It's
2: also the mark of fired coaches. That's why it didn't happen
1: last year. Now, now
3: it it happened this year, and I think in large part they were doing that. Because they were trying to give him time. Uh, They were assessing. Correct. Yeah, who he is as a player. Well, the reason I think it's important to have, and ultimately why I'm throwing this all out there, because these are discussions that are likely taking place behind closed doors, and it would be extremely beneficial to any NFL organization to have your team president as a guy who not only understands the business part of it and making your team a lot of money and making the family a lot of money, which is always the goal. It is a business but a guy who also understands football. That's a
2: huge deal. Here's the issue, though. I understand what you're saying, and you're drawing the uh, the corollary to the asset, which I think is valuable. It falls into the discussion of how much is a manager going to win you games versus how much they can lose you a game. And we saw that flip side on the south side. And, and those who speak to Kevin Warren will say, having that person in the building will make you better in ways you can't possibly understand past just the reaches of the actual job description. But... If the Bears decided to change their organizational structure and have Ryan Poles now report to McCaskey rather than to Ted Phillips and have a GM in a position who was never there before and a head coach in a position who was never there before, and you're saying that they need that much help on that side, then the person hiring them shouldn't be the person hiring the potential team president either.
3: But what if, again, What you, you obviously have great trust in Ryan Poles or you wouldn't have named him your general manager. But you
2: know what I'm saying. But
3: what if he gives you a football decision that you disagree with because you are looking, you're a fan, right? He's admitted he's a fan. So he's like like everyone else that, that calls into the score and texts the score and, and tweets, right? George from Sycamore. I'm just saying these, these are things that, what happens if the professional football guy in your building is, Is not as big of a fan of the quarterback as everyone else in the city is.
1: Well.
2: I'd sure love to see your idea then, professional football guy. I
1: would need for him to show me his work. And it would help
3: if you had a president in the room. That could go show me your work. And would understand, okay, I've been to a few places. I've seen it work in other places. Let's see if this plan makes sense. Also, just, just something I'm throwing out
2: there. I find it very entertaining that the outlier of the league, the entire outlier of the league and Patrick Mahomes is making so many people so much money when at the end of the day, the Chiefs process to be able to withstand that risk because they had a capable quarterback already in place is what led them to be able to take it.
1: And Matt Nagy putting his thumb
3: on the scale. I'm just laughing because you guys are are coming at me as though I said I would do this. I didn't say I would do it. I mean, you would, though. But I I do think it's an interesting thing, and this is one of the reasons I think if indeed it does happen and Kevin Warren is the next president of the Bears, that's a really good thing for the Bears, Bears fans, and football in the city of Chicago.
1: This is, By the way, this is what bus rides with Zach when we would do games is like. This is what...
2: It's a roller coaster he, ride go, disguised as a bus okay,
1: ride. Okay. How about this? This is what it was like traveling with Zach. We'd have these type of discussions on the bus. Well It's why I adore him.
2: There's a couple of things. Number one, very artfully crafted argument.
1: Yeah, number two, he's one of the crafted, most skilled talk show hosts in the city.
2: Correct. But number two, artfully crafted because perhaps you understand tendencies of places, which is where the emotion comes in. He
1: he has seen how the sausage has been made. I can't say that enough That's about Zach. That's what
2: we're trying to say.
3: Zach.
1: What are you going to do on the show? All right. Tom Thayer is waiting to join us. Hi, Tom. and, and, Wait, and he's We're here? a little
3: late. Sorry. And I want to get Tom's breakdown and actually talk some football because the Bears are playing the Lions and you heard both Luke Getze and Matt Eberflus talk about the importance of these next two games against teams that are fighting for playoff positioning. So I think it's it's a critical learning experience for the Bears, even though there are, again, a semblance of people in the
1: city who believe,
3: ah, just rest everybody. Don't, don't hurt them. Don't hurt.
1: like just wrap
3: Justin Fields
1: up and put him away until next season. All right, straw man. <laughs> uh, Zach and Big Ant Heron are going to be here until 6 o'clock breaking everything down. Or wait, is it? There is a Bulls game tonight. and No, are... oh, they're at home. So yeah, you guys will be here until 6 yeah. tonight doing the show. Mm-hmm. Tell Big Ant that I did see a woman king. I watched it last night and then the next time I see him I can talk to him about it. It's really good. All he right. might hate it though because he's like that.
3: All right, we got to talk to... By the way, have a great New Year's. Stay safe and healthy. We want you back here next year. Happy New
2: Year, Zach.
3: Happy New Year, guys. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll visit with Tom Thayer right here on the score.
0: We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch.